And what that looked like was my family would go to church on Easter, and we would go to church on Christmas Eve, maybe. Um, And I was taught some about God by my parents. I remember my dad especially telling me there is a God, his name is Jesus, he loves you, and that was important, and I'm really, I'm really grateful for that. Um, but I remember specifically the first time I heard the gospel, or at least the first time I understood it, was at a church camp that I went to when I was about eight years old. And I remember camp was really fun, but we'd, we'd have this point in every evening where we'd have to go to the chapel, and we'd sit down, and we'd have some sort of church service. And I don't remember anything that was ever said besides the last night when um, whoever was speaking to us started sharing with us about how Jesus had died on the cross for, for me and how I could choose to believe that he did that for me and, and pray and that I would be saved. And that was the understanding that I had as an eight-year-old. And I, I remember I did that. Um, I responded to the altar call that they gave. And uh, I went back, and there was, a, there was a guy, I think he was my counselor. He led me through a prayer um, where I was just basically saying, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for me. I accept you into my heart as my Lord. Um, and amen. And I remember it was a, a really genuine experience where I, I encountered Jesus for the first time in my life. I remember having an image of the cross and being filled with joy that I don't know if I'd ever experienced as a kid up to that point, except maybe Christmas morning. And it was, it was an amazing experience. Um, And I believe that's when I can say that I got saved. But what it lacked was the follow-up of me understanding what it was to follow Jesus on a day-to-day basis. I got saved that day, and I believe that my heart was forever changed. But the way that I lived my life on the outside, there wasn't a lot of change there. And it was like I knew that things should be different, but for the most part, they weren't. And it was because nobody was really leading me in that. Nobody was showing me what it was to follow Jesus. I didn't really have any direction there. So I continued on as a kid who identified as a Christian, but wasn't really living like one. I mean, I was a pretty good kid. But again, didn't know what it was to follow Jesus. Not until... My freshman year of high school, I had a friend who invited me to start going to church with him. And I started going to youth group. It was a lot of fun. And again, because of um, how I met Jesus that day when I was eight, I just knew this is where I'm supposed to be. This is great. Uh, I want to learn more about God. I want to know him more. Um, And I realized, man, this has been missing. So that just began... um, a period of my life all throughout high school where I started to actually learn who the Lord was. I started to grow closer to him. I started to experience things like conviction from the Holy Spirit, which is actually a gift. It's a good thing. And 
um, this was really important because uh, when I was about 12, my parents went through a really rough divorce. And this was very hard on me and my brother and my sister. And this just started a lot of really painful experiences for us because my parents, while they were both extremely loving and, and kind and good, a really good mother and father to us. They were not very kind to each other in front of us during this time. And I still don't understand all the details of what was, what was going on for them. Um, but the truth was, we had to experience a lot of their, their very angry verbal arguments, like right there in the midst of it as kids. And we didn't know how to handle that. So me as eight, nine, 10 year old, um, the way that I handled that, I'm sorry, actually, I was more like 11 or 12, was through escaping into video games. Um, that was something that I was already doing, and it took something that isn't necessarily a bad thing, and at that age, I, it became an idol in my life. And very soon after that, at about the age of 12, I discovered what pornography was, and that too, as a 12-year-old became an idol in my life. And so these were my escapes. These are the idols that I turned to. I didn't realize what I was doing at the time, but this is how I dealt with the pain that I was experiencing in my family, uh, basically falling apart. So I began to realize during this time in high school that this idol worship was not okay. Looking at pornography was not okay. That was an addiction that the Lord wanted me to, fr to free me from. And he did. I found that, I found deliverance from that uh, during this time in high school. And I'm really thankful to the Lord for that. And what I'm even more thankful for is the prayer that he answered at the end of my senior year when I was coming to school here at the University of Alabama and I remember praying that the Lord would lead me to some sort of solid Christian group or ministry, church, something where I could get involved. And my very first week on campus, I met Josh and I met Katie and I got involved in Chi Alpha. And as soon as that happened, I knew, okay, this is it. Thank you. Uh, and it was in that, that community of Chi Alpha through our, our guys' small group and just our Monday night gatherings and all the, the time we spent hanging out together that I really learned what it was to follow Jesus. And I really learned, learned that in the context of our community. I learned um, so much about the Father's love for me. I learned about freedom, more about freedom uh, from sin and addictions and not only learned that, but experienced that. And so I decided that what Josh and these other guys in Kayafa, the way that they poured into my life and the way that they've discipled me, I, I just felt like that is what I wanted to do for others. I couldn't see myself doing anything else. So that's why I'm now doing an internship with Kayafa Campus Ministries at the University of Alabama. 
Um, so yeah, my story, um, I grew up, my parents got divorced when I was really young, so I, I grew up with my mom, um, and we would go to church every now and then. Um, I just remember, like, not really under, like, church was really boring, <laughs> so I just remember just kind of sitting there, like, kneeling every, we went to Catholic church, so kneeling every once in a while, like, getting up, like, not really understanding, um, and I didn't spend a lot of time in church. Um, where I spent most of my time growing up was at dance, um, so I grew up, I started dancing when I was five um, up until high school, um, and that's where a lot of, like, identity statements for, started forming for me, um, so I danced ballet, and so we would, we would be at the bar, and I just remember, like, being, like, comments being made about, like, my body, about my posture, about, like, how I needed to look and how I needed to perform. Um, so, like, looking back, that's where a lot of my view from the Lord came from, of I have to perform a certain way for the Lord to love me, um, for me to be good enough for the Lord. Um, and going into high school, um, I started getting involved in church a little more, um, and I ended up going to a Christian high school. So a lot of like church for me, um, of a lot of church for me being in high school was having to memorize scripture for a test, um, having to memorize Bible facts for a test, um, and just going to, to youth group just because it was fun, um, just because it was something for me to do um, outside of dance, um, for me to actually have a life outside of dance. <laughs> um, and I formed really good, really good friendships, but they weren't, they weren't really solid, centered around the Lord friendships. Um, and so coming into college, I was really desperate for friends. I'm like, college, like, this is where you meet, like, your lifelong friends. Um, so coming in, I met my roommate, I met my hallmates, and we just immediately just started hanging out with each other. Um, one thing that they grew up doing that I didn't was partying. Um, that's what they did in high school. That's something my mom would never let me do. So I was away from home. I wanted friends. And so this is what they did. So that's what I did with them. Um, and I really didn't know, I really didn't know who I, who I was. I was like, well, like I go out with them. Um, I'm like, I'm fun when I drink and they like me this way. So this is what I have to be for people to like me. Um, so I was putting on this facade when deep down I knew, like, this is not, this isn't right. Um, like, deep down I knew, like, there was just something, something empty, something more I needed. Um, and so this was my first semester of freshman year. And so my second semester came back from winter break um, really ashamed of what, like, of the like persona I had taken on my first semester. And so I came back and I was like, this semester is gonna be different. 
Um, so I ended up realizing, like, I need Jesus. Like, I, I genuinely need Jesus in my life. Um, and I just didn't know what, what that was supposed to look like. So I started seeking the Lord on my own. Um, I didn't have a car, so I would just watch sermons in my bedroom um, and just, like, not really know, like, where to even start looking for a community, how to do that. Um, so I came in my second year of college and was like, this year's going to be different. Like, this is the beginning of a new year. Like, all the organizations are starting up again. Um, so I ended up going to Get On Board Day, which is where all of the organizations um, are out in the FERG. And I ended up finding Chi Alpha through that. And they were the ministry that just reached out to me the most. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll go. So I started going. And that's where I found real relationships and where I realized, like, I didn't have to put on a facade for people to like me. Um, it's where I really started, it's where I started hearing for the first time that, um, that Jesus wants, that the Lord wants a relationship for him, with me, um, that he died for me, um, and that he wants me, um, like, broken me, um, and I remember my very first Chi Alpha service, um, Josh came up and shared his story, and that was the first time I had seen somebody, like, up with a microphone speaking and like being really honest and vulnerable about their struggles um, and about how like despite that they they chose to follow Jesus because um, in my mind I was like well I have to follow all these rules like I have to be perfect um, and I'm not <laughs> which is that's really unrealistic um, like praise the Lord that Jesus died for us um, but yeah, so, and that's where I first started, started hearing, like, about identity, um, about walking in the identity that the Lord has given us, um, that the Lord speaks over us, and, and I, that's where I first started, like, like, when I would say stuff, like, oh, like, I'm just dumb, like, that was the first time people actually said, like, no, you're not, like, don't speak that over yourself, um, like, no one had ever said that. Um, it was just kind of, like, foreign to me. Um, and so at, at Fall Retreat, um, my sophomore year, I decided to follow Jesus, like, fully follow Jesus. Um, and, and after that, I was like, cool, like, everything's perfect. Like, I've, I've decided to follow Jesus. <laughs> And I was very wrong. <laughs> um, I realized that because I had done that, like, I am, I am even more prone to spir being spiritually attacked. Um, and the thing that the enemy tried to attack the most in me was my identity. Um, for me, it was, like, making a little mistake, like, like not reading my Bible, like, and I would hear man, Sabrina, like, you're not reading your Bible, like, you're not spending time with the Lord, like, it's been how many days, like, like, do you really love Jesus? Um, or things like, like, I would mess up at something, um, I wouldn't be perfect, 
um, and just beat myself up about that. Um, and so that's been, that's been a whole journey these past, these past four years, just really, because when you have a thought pattern, um, like mine was like, oh, like I'm not good enough, like I'm not perfect enough. And that had been a thought pattern that had been ingrained for so long. Um, and now, like, now I'm following Jesus. Like, he doesn't say that about me. So I have to, I have to carve out this new thought pattern. Um, so it's been, it's been a journey. And I've, I've realized, like, I just have to choose every day to believe what the Lord says about me, to believe how he sees me. Um, and so that's something with, with both our stories that we have, like we came to a place where we realized we needed Jesus and chose to follow Jesus. Um, and like we're having to do that now like every day, like every day we choose to love one another. Like same with the Lord, like every day we're choosing to follow the Lord. Um, and and that's just a continuous choice that we have to make every single day. Because um, following Jesus isn't a one-time decision. Like, it's an everyday choice that we have to make. We see Jesus calling people to follow him a lot in the, the Gospels. Um, I, I know all of y'all are familiar with him first calling Simon, Andrew, James, John. Uh, and these guys, they all responded. They all chose immediately to it to follow Jesus, and besides fleeing uh, at Jesus's murder, they never turned back. They decided we're going to follow him, and they made that everyday choice, Um, and it's because of their obedience that we're here today, Uh, but we also see instances where, in the Gospels, where Jesus calls people to follow him, and they turn away from him instead. And so we're going to look at one of those instances. It's in Matthew chapter 19. We're going to read about the rich young ruler. And this is Matthew chapter 19, verses 16, um, all the way to verse 30. It says, Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones? He inquired. Jesus replied. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions and give them to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad, because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, 
With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Peter answered him, We have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or fields, for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much, and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. One thing we see in this story is that this rich young ruler has some commitments uh, it starts off sounding like he's pretty committed to God. Um, the fact that he's coming to Jesus and wants to know this. How do I, how do I inherit eternal life? Um, what good thing must I do? He's wanting to follow God. And, and when Jesus lists the commandments, he responds by saying, all these I have kept. But he also has another commitment. And that's to his wealth and to his power. The cost for this man to follow Jesus in full obedience was too much for him. He committed himself to his own wealth, to his own power, and he had put stock in that in a way where that was an idol for him. And he, when Jesus directly asked him, will you give this up to follow me? He said, no. And it says that he turned away and went away sad. And so, recently, I have been learning a similar thing. I've been just realizing that there's been things that I, I mentioned in my testimony, namely video games, um, that I had been committed to for so long, that was an idol in my life for so long, that the enemy recently has been bringing this back up in tempting me with this again. Um, and I realize it's, it's been in times where I've felt a little bit stressed, a little bit anxious. I just feel like I want to escape. I just want to go home. I don't want to meet with students today. I just want to go home and play this game where I am this other person living this other life. And it, none of it's really real, but I can achieve things there. I can accomplish things there. I can feel better about myself. And so I've just been, especially over this break, I've just been having this, the strongest urge to play these games again. And I knew that this was an idol. I knew that this was something that God, at a specific point in my life, had asked me to give up. I had sold my computer or gave it away. And I had sold another gaming system I had had. And I decided I'm not doing this anymore because I'm going to follow Jesus. And here I was saying to myself, boy, I really would like to do this again. And the Lord brought to my mind a story in the Old Testament. Um, it's in the, the book of Kings. It's either 1 Kings or 2 Kings, where it's just talking about all the different kings of Israel. It's just, there was this king, and he reigned for five years. Then he died. He was assassinated or something. It's kind of a mess. And then another king came along. 
and he reigned for so long. And it would always distinguish these kings. It would kind of give them a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Um, it would either say, this king followed the ways of this guy. He displeased the Lord. He worshipped all the idols, these false gods, everything. Or it would say, this king followed the ways of the Lord, like his father David. Um, but one thing I noticed is there's multiple times where it would, it would give a king a thumbs up, saying, this guy followed the Lord. But then it would, the scripture would mention that there was these high places the people had built, these altars to, to false gods. And it would mention that the king did not take these down. So he wasn't using them, but it would say, but king so-and-so did not remove the high places. He did not remove these altars. And God really spoke to me through that in saying that I had been making the decision to follow Jesus, but not exactly fully. There were still these things that God was telling me that I needed to get rid of, that I needed to tear down, these, these decisions I had to make to forsake something of the world in order to commit myself to him fully. And that's something that's been very recent in my life, like the past few weeks. Um, and I'm just really thankful that the Lord has, has helped me to choose to follow him fully because he's worthy of it, but also because in that is where I have found true freedom and true joy. Um, for me recently, it's been um, in my thoughts about myself um, that the Lord has been, has been showing me like, okay, you say, you say you, you're following me, but you're still believing this about yourself. Um, and so, Last semester, the Lord gave me um, an image of, well, we, have, we had a palm tree in our front entrance, um, and we had guests coming over, so I was moving it, and I realized that there were little mushrooms growing on my palm tree, <laughs> and I was like, well, that's not good. There's fungus in our house, um, so immediately we took it outside, and um, we're going to repot it and realize that this, that this palm tree had been sitting in nasty water for I don't know how long. And um, like we couldn't, we couldn't see that it had been sitting, but it was finally like showing up in the little, the little mushrooms. Um, and I had the thought like, well, we can just pick out the mushrooms. Like, that's fine. Um, but then I was like, no, because then it's going to sink into the roots and root rot and it's going to die. Um, and so we, we ended up repotting it, um, cutting out all the like rotten roots um, and repotting it. Um, and through that, the Lord showed me like that I had been sitting, I have been sitting in just this nasty water, which have been like, just false identities and thoughts about about myself and about what I have to do in order to um, receive love from Paxton or receive love from the Lord. Um, and so, yeah, that's something that, that the Lord has been, has been teaching me of getting out of that water and replanting myself in, in him. Um, 
in choosing choosing to do that because um, he's not gonna gonna take me out and place me um, like he's not gonna force me to do anything um, it's something that I have to choose to do um, and and that's what we're doing um, we're in our internship we're choosing to abide in Jesus and choosing to love students um, choosing to do our readings not for the Lord but with the Lord um, and that's just our vision for for all of the students that that we get to disciple yeah um, what we want for students on campus at UA is for them to make the continuous choice to follow Jesus, to make the initial choice and then to continue to do that. It's, it's not just about getting people saved, but about making disciples who will then make disciples who will make disciples. And we love the opportunity that we have. I mean, there's, in my opinion, there's not a, a better job in the world than getting to lead a small group of these bright young people where they're just excited and on fire to follow the Lord and to reach out to all these other bright young people all around them and to see them experience the same thing and to get to live life with them. It's fun. I get to be their friends and we're not too far removed from them. That was us just last year, but it's it's really a heart uh, to see students become disciple makers and to make the continuous choice to go, to be obedient to the Great Commission, where Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. And that's, that's our vision with Chi Alpha, is that we're raising up students, raising up young men and women who will go be obedient to Jesus, whether that's in vocational ministry, whether that's in the marketplace, making disciples, working as an engineer, as a nurse, or whether that is going and doing overseas ministry, following the call to, to go to an unreached people group. Our vision is, is not just to have a club of Christians on campus, but to mobilize these students to, to go. And we're just both so thankful for what Jesus has done in our life. Um, and I hope you got a good window, a good little view into to some of the things some of the things he's done and there's just so much that that we could share. But we really just wanted to focus on the idea of how Jesus has been teaching us about how we have to choose him. And we can choose him because he first chose us. And so my prayer for all of us today is that we'd make a choice to choose Jesus every day. That we choose obedience to him, whether it's uncomfortable, whether it's easy or not easy, that we choose to, to follow him. Um, I just kind of said Sabrina's part, <laughs> so okay. don't blame her.
would you like to? Yeah, um, that's really all we, we had for tonight, all we wanted to share um, about tonight. Um, so, I mean, I know the Lord is, is constantly challenging us on how we can choose him even more um, daily um, and just wanted to um, invite you guys to, to do that along with us, um, to examine your hearts and see where the Lord wants to challenge you a little more um, when it comes to following him. Um, so yeah, I can do praise out or anything. You got it. Okay, I'll praise out. Lord, thank you so much that um, that we just get to come before you, God, um, and that that when you see us, Lord, that that you just see us with just so much joy and love for us, God. That you um, that you chose us, that you chose to um, to create us, that you chose to partner alongside with us, Lord, even when, when we turned our back towards you, God, and that you chose to, to come down and die for us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that, that you were just constantly um, teaching us and that you just, you're just so, so sweet about how you teach us that you're just so kind and merciful um, and that we just get to get to walk with you every day, Lord, and get to um, partner with you and, and choose you. Just help us in that, Lord, um, whether it be in our thoughts, in our actions, um, in our words, Lord, that we just, we just are always reminded of how you chose us and that you just remind us of how we can further choose you. I just pray over um, all of these families here in this room, Lord, that, that you just bless them and that you just, and just lavish your love on every single one of them and, and just constantly speak your truth over them, Lord. We love you so much, Jesus. Amen.